probably the first time ever we have shared <coughs> stage. Maybe a bad high school theater production. Perhaps, oh yeah. Perhaps O'Grady. This may be a step up from Oklahoma. Oklahoma, that's right. We'll be belting out shows. So Jason and I, uh, as Stacy introduced, uh, we are brothers. We have the same set of parents. We're the Believe because most not. people see us and they're like, oh. <laughs> different mom, different dad, maybe, but no, the same, the same here. Um, 14 months apart, so we were raised pretty much like twins, more than, you know, older brother, which is Jason, and younger brother, which is me. Um, so, as Stacy um, explained, if you watch Channel 4, then you know me, because my face is on there all the time, but what people don't realize is that it's only through Jason's work that our stories really get on the air. I do the writing and the research and scheduling the interviews and put all that together, but it's Jason who is the photojournalist, the editor, uh, makes graphics, um, flies in the helicopter, does all the things that are necessary uh, in order for our stories to get on the air. So um, when we were very kindly asked to, to come here to speak tonight, I thought a lot about what would be the story that we could tell you that would kind of solidify what it's like for two brothers to work together. The first question we always get when we, it's funny because I always introduce this, I'll say, I, you know, I'm Jeremy, nice to meet you, and this is my brother Jason. And people are like, oh, that's sweet. You're, you're a photographer, it's your brother. And I'll say, no, he really is my brother. It's my blood brother. Same last name, same everything. And it's, in fact, we, even though we don't look a lot alike, our voices are the same. And you might pick that up tonight. Jason's a little bit deeper than mine. But we really can call our mom and say, hey, mom. Yeah, we have to say, it's, it's so-and-so. It's Jason. And even my wife and his wife, you know, we, you know, if we're in another room, they don't know which one it is. We actually, I got to throw in the story about, we had a story that um, we had to have a track changed for before it went on air. And Jeremy wasn't there when we had to change the track. And I just went into the voice booth <laughs> and imitated his reporter voice. And nobody noticed. So, so it works. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have I have none of his skills. I've tried to shoot video before, and it's always been disastrous. So it's good that he can do that. Um, but so thinking of this, I thought you know we've had we've done hundreds of investigations together. We worked together for about six years. We actually didn't work together the most of the time that he's been here and that I've been here. But about six years um, ago, opportunity came around. Stars aligned. And we started to work together. And Jason reminded me, our boss at the time was like, no, I'm not going to have two brothers work together because... Because you can imagine normally how awful that would end up. Two brothers. <laughs> and the only way that it works is that I'm extremely type A and Jason is extremely type B, which is why I will do most of the talking and he'll be like, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've been working as an investigative unit for a while. Mm -hmm. And we kind of went on, it was a kick. But we had all these surveillance. We started doing all these surveillance stories. We were, and I really got in it. I was like, oh, we're exposing what's going on and we're capturing what's going on. And when we say surveillance, I mean we're taking camcorders and shooting out of the back of cars and following people around and stuff right. like that. And they, you know, and they're, they're a great tool because it really shows you what's happening and you can't, there's nothing you can do. You, you just show what's happening and, and it really tells the, what, what, what uh, has occurred, I guess, what corruption has occurred. But I, I kind of got on this thing where I, we, I was like, oh, we're going to expose. <laughs> it sounds like a terrible idea. It sounds like a terrible idea. And so it, I was like, we're going to expose criminals in action. 
And it, it wasn't like I sat down and I was like, we're going to do this, but we had a series of stories where we caught criminals doing, you know, criminal activity. Criminal things. And so I, I had contacted by these women, and they said, look, we've all hired this cleaning company. Cleaning company has come in, done the job, but when they left, our jewelry was gone. So they contacted me, and they were like, hey, you know, that we, we've gone to the police, we filed the police report. Um, but nothing can be done. They can't find our jewelry and there's no proof. So I had the idea. I said, oh, well, we're going to catch these guys. That's what, that's what we're going to do. So I went to Jason. I'm like, listen, got these guys. And I think we can catch them. And as always, when I come up with an idea, he says, this is all the reasons we can't do that. Yeah. This is a dumb idea. <laughs> this is a dumb idea. <laughs> Get us in trouble. <clears throat> this is, you know, something, you know, whatever. And so I was like, no, 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 we're going to do this. So um, we hired the cleaning company. And we got an apartment that belonged to one of our directors. It was a single, a single man at the TV station. And it was just him and his cat. So myself and Jason and our great producer at the time, Brittany Freeman, we went to the apartment. We outfitted it with our hidden cameras. And it should be noted, this is the first time we'd ever done anything like that. You know, we've chased people in the back of cars and stuff. But this was the first time we were taking a room and basically bugging it. Yes. You know, we thought we were being really clever. We took a camcorder and put it in the vent. You know, one was at the bottom of a clothes hamper. We had a hat camera where there's like a camera on the end of it. And it was hanging on a wall with a bunch of other hats. We had a pen camera that one of the other photographers had gotten as a gift from their grandmother. And we <laughs> threw that in a cup. And we had a fake GoPro in the this hampers. GoPro. Yes, this, this was like, GoPro. it was a fake, yeah, fake GoPro. This is a fake GoPro. Stuff stuck in the cloth. A faux pro, yes. So we had, we played, and so what we did, because we're journalists, we don't have any money, is we, we took fake jewelry. I think it was Britney, some of Britney's Oh yeah, jewelry. yeah. So we put fake jewelry out because we obviously couldn't have nice jewelry be stolen, but we wanted to see if we could catch them looking at it, at least examining it. And maybe if they weren't very good thieves, they would steal our fake jewelry. So, you know, we set it up. Um, we're like, okay, this is gonna be great. And I should note, because this is the question everybody asked me about this, why were you not monitoring your cameras? And this was before you could even do that. There wasn't a GoPro app. There wasn't GoPros. We didn't have access to more expensive, like, DSLR cameras, or what do they call them? Right. Well, or the cameras where you, which are wired and you can watch from another yeah. room. So, so we, we basically started all the cameras and then left. And then we left. So the idea was that Jason and I would sit in the car outside in an unmarked vehicle. Our producer, Brittany, would greet them. They came inside, and then she would leave, but we would stay. So <laughs> the problem is is that I am highly allergic to cats <laughs> so having been in this apartment where this cat was I was like man I'm kind of having a hard time breathing by the time we got out to the news car I was like Jace I'm full-blown asthma attack full-blown cannot breathe we gotta leave we gotta go find an inhaler because I don't carry an inhaler anymore because my head I'm not around cats so I called <laughs> I called my wife and I'm like do you happen to have an inhaler in your purse and she's like no I you know what are you talking about I'll, I'll bring you one I'm like no 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 Jason and I will go get it. So we go to one store after another, can't find the inhaler that I need to buy over the counter. Finally find it at the third one. It's probably, what, 20, 30 minutes? Yeah, it was a good 30 minutes. So we're then. panicking. We're like, these people are in there, blah, blah, blah. So we get back. The cleaners are gone. And so are our cameras. <laughs> so, because we... <laughs> we... <laughs> We figured at that point that we had, that we were going to miss them, although they'll be gone by the time they get back. Right. But then we go back into the uh, 
Go back into the room, and the first thing I did was I looked up that vent, and I said, son of a gun, he got that camera out of that vent. And sure enough, the hat camera was gone. Both the camcorders were gone. Um, so, we, yeah. so I called my boss, and I was like, so... All the hidden cameras got stolen. Matthew Hilt, very, very good news director, said, okay, stay calm, call the cops, gotta call the cops. Last thing any journalist wants to become is the story. So we were like, oh no, you know. But he said at the time, to give him credit, he said, this will be a hell of a story. This will be a hell of a story. So, but they didn't steal all of our cameras. So we got back, and sure enough, that pen camera. Yeah, the pen, the pen camera, which was the crappiest of all the cameras we were using. The pen camera, he didn't find, and then there was one camera in the closet he didn't find. So we go back to start looking at the video. When we get in the closet, was our first indication that we've been made because he's in there. He, I think, he, I don't know if he looked at the... If he looked well, at we the, had video of you could see him from the pen camera. Right. You could see him going up to the vent on the wall and like and peering in. So, and so you know he saw he that one. Once he got in the closet, he took one of my producer's scarves and he blew his nose in it. Oh. And he threw it down. So, but then as I started, this is the difference between us, is I'm incredibly impatient, always wanting to get, you know, things done. Jason is very methodical. And I said, and so I started looking at the video and man, that pen camera caught him looking at the ring, taking it out of the box, looking at that ring. I was like, man, okay, you know, we know our cameras are gone, but at least we've got this guy saying it. But it really wasn't great. It was him examining, you know, fake jewelry. So it wasn't so great. So I was kind of disheartened. And, but still, I was like, all right, well, we've got enough. We can, you know, start doing the story. So Jason, being methodical, goes frame by frame by frame through video. So imagine that screen, you know, all this video, and in one shot, you see the guy hold up our hidden camera that he stole. So he holds it up like this for a second, and you can see it. So there, we've got the proof that he did. You know, he had our camera. So we we did the story, and it. Um, and, and so I, I guess before we did the story, I we're like, okay, well now we gotta we gotta find him. So I called him, and so I also anchor the four o'clock news. So I'm on the air every day from four to five o'clock. And I called him, and uh, I'm on, and I always have my cell phone right by me on the set. And I see that it's it's ringing. It's this number. I'm like, oh, I can't take it because I'm on the air. <laughs> but in between the commercial breaks, I can hear him, and he's leaving me messages saying, you better call me. You, I can't remember what exactly he, he said, oh, but it was very much yeah. like, you and I need to talk, blah, blah, blah. So I get him on the phone, I rush out off the air, and I rush to the audio booth to record the phone conversation. And I was like, well, I'd like to know what happens to my cameras. And he's like, well, we all want things. And I was like, well, I, you know, I really want to, you know, so where am I? You know, and then, of course, I'm like, did you take the jewelry from these women, and blah, blah, blah. And, so all this kind of stuff. So, um, but you would think that someone would be ner someone would be nervous, like, oh, I've been hired to clean this apartment and there's cameras everywhere. This guy was as cool as ice. He was, he like was he just called us and was like, I don't know anything about anything. Right. You know. Right. He was like, I don't. You know, and I, you know, you could tell obviously that he knew what was going on. So we did the story. Once we did the story, then we started hearing from other people, and this is where we knew we had something to continue pursuing because they were cancer victims that had gone through a nonprofit that hires cleaners to help them, and they were stealing from cancer patients. So it really took another level, you know what I mean? It went to like another level of how you know, bad these people were, and they were a married couple. So then he disappeared, 
And so we continued his stories, and then they finally caught him. And then he came back, and we did all these stories about, you know, that they came back, and, you know, we were there when they showed up, and, you know, asked them all the kind of questions you'd expect a TV crew to ask. And I think the, the one thing, the most positive I got out of this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they never could prove that he had stolen other people's jewelry. Right. The only thing they were able to actually get him arrested on was stealing our cameras. So, so um, and they did, and he ultimately pled guilty to uh, stealing our cameras. So for the, so for the people who were the victims, it gave them a degree of satisfaction to be able to say, okay, our stories got out there. They held this guy accountable, and eventually he did serve a little bit of, you know, a little bit of jail time uh, for doing that. And. The strange thing is, is that about, and I mean, this happened years and years and years ago. About three weeks ago, I got a call from a woman in Georgia, South Georgia, and she said, do you know this guy? And I said, well, yeah, yeah. And she said, he has stolen uh, money from me. Um, he's posing as a lawyer down here. And he's <laughs> stolen money from me and all these other people. And so I called the sheriff down there, and sure enough, he says, yeah, he's on our radar. We think that this guy has done this. He's now posing as a lawyer in South Georgia and has taken people's money. So we may be taking a trip down to South Georgia. <laughs> as we oh, great. But um, as Jason said, we never got our cameras back. Yeah. We never got our cameras back. They, they're somewhere in the Cumberland River. I think. <laughs> Some pawn shop somewhere. Some pawn shop somewhere. That also reminds me, I forgot the other funny thing about this. And so we told the cops, you know, and filed charges against this guy. And so they would go to what was listed as his house, but they were never able to find him. Well, come to find out later, I don't know how we, was it his wife that told, his us, wife told us that his no, house? It was, it, no, it was, yeah, that's right. It was either his wife or somebody else that somebody lived. Somebody else always oh, her ex. That's right, you lived at the house. Anyway, this guy had a trap door in his floor that when the cops would come, he would just sneak into this trap door and sneak out of the house. Yep, and so it, um, so uh, I, I guess we won an Emmy for the story. So <laughs> I, I somehow worth it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I guess the moral of the story is if you're gonna get your hidden camera stolen, at least get an Emmy out of it. <laughs> Uh, I think we called it Cleaned Out. Cleaned Out was the name of the... And it should be said that right after this happened and we're sitting in this apartment and we realized the cameras are stolen, we both were like, we're never doing anything like this oh, yeah. ever again. Well, that's what No more said. crime stories. Yeah. Oh, maybe it was just me? Yes, yes. Maybe it was just he me. He said that. And then we actually went on... I don't know if we'd done the story about the squatter before that or after that, but, oh, we, can, but we did. We had after. a string there where we, we caught people committing crimes. And, um, and, and so we... You know, we did that, and so that, you know, that I think is one of the, we've done many other things as brothers where we've been, we've done undercover operations, and we, we got the perfect parking spot, and, you know, we're doing surveillance of these inmates, and I stretch and lay on the horn. Everybody turns around to watch us, so, and, you know, I mean, we've done, we've been in the back of, of our uh, undercover van, at nightclubs, you know, where we've had oh my gosh, sent yeah. in people into nightclubs and listened to it. And so, I mean, I, I guess if you're going to do that kind of work, when you work on an investigative team, it really does. You're so close. Uh, we've got some of our other members of our investigative team who have kindly come to see us tonight. Um, and you do kind of become like a little family. You know, you're always together. You know everything, you know, about each other and everything. So it's, you know, it's great to have your actual brother there. Because, I mean, literally, when you're sitting there for eight hours doing surveillance, 
you can sit there and be like, hey, you remember that time in Masters of the Universe, that one episode? <laughs> and this happened. Um, so so it's, it's, it's good. It's good. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a great profession. We take it very seriously. Um, you know, we obviously have a lot of fun doing it. Um, but, you know, we just, we, we consider it to be an important service to the community. And it actually does help us when, when I will call and I'll, I'll talk to someone, I'll say, listen, we really want to tell your story. And a lot of people say, I don't want to be on TV. And I'll be like, listen, me and my brother are coming. We're, you know, we're coming to tell your family story. We just did that uh, a couple weeks ago where we went to a family that was kind of gun shy about talking to us. And there have been many interviews that we've actually gotten because um, we're a family and we've come to interview families. So. I'm just always afraid that people think that he's lying to them when he says that because we don't look anything like each other. So. But we have the same voice, so that's our story, and thanks for having me.